Welcome to Mind Your Autistic Brain Talk Show. Today is a special live YouTube version edition, and I'm going to be talking about boundaries. So one of the posts that I, I put out today was, what did you learn about boundaries and consent growing up? For most of us, that answer is um, nothing. What are you talking about? I have no clue. That's okay. You're not alone. That was my exact response. And many of yours as well. So the next question in this boundary lasagna is how were boundaries and consent modeled for you growing up? This one I could answer a little bit better and it was sort of as a child, you know, be seen and not heard, mind your parents, say yes ma'am, no ma'am, thank you and please, make sure you pick up your bedroom, you know, all of those kind of things, but nothing specific. So today, stay tuned because we're going to be talking about what boundaries are, the seven types of boundaries, and we'll also be talking about the three styles of boundaries, what consent really means, and it's more than just sex because yes, it does factor into sex, but it factors into all other areas of boundaries. We're going to be talking about that and why we need boundaries in our life and in our relationships and especially how boundaries tie into autistic burnout and masking and camouflaging. So stay tuned, let's get started. Hi, I'm Carol Jean Whittington, and you're about to experience the new way to thrive in life and relationships as a late identified autistic. By unveiling who you are, what you love, creating balance, and being the leader and creator of your best life. Get ready, because this is where we go against the mainstream. We say no to outdated society norms, and we say yes to who we are in order to create a joy-filled, balanced, and more neurodistinct world. Ubuntu. Welcome to Mind Your Autistic Brain. Of course, I've got my little note cards here because I got a lot to do and a lot to talk about, and I want to make sure that we get everything covered. So, what is a boundary exactly? Boundaries are the edge territory of what belongs to us and what belongs to someone else. This is a fantastic definition by Dr. Faith Harper, and she quotes this in her book, Unf Your Boundary. <laughs> I can't say it because it's a bad word. But essentially, boundaries are the edge territory of what belongs to us and what belongs to someone else. A boundary doesn't mean just where you say no, but also where you say yes or maybe. That was a whole new shift in my perspective and my mindset on boundaries when I first started learning about this. I thought boundaries were just where I said no, but they're not. They're more than that. It's also about where you say yes and where you say maybe. Boundaries aren't a one and done thing. They change as we change, as our environment changes, as our relationships change, and as circumstances change and evolve. So being aware of the types of boundaries, and we're going to talk about those in just a little bit, helps us be more flexible and aware of what our boundaries are and, and where those rigid ones stay in place and where we might be a little too permeable. Boundaries aren't easy peasy. They're not. If somebody says they are, 
it's just not true. Especially not for us in late identified life. They're, they're a whole new concept in some ways. They were for me anyway. But with awareness, with reflection and practice, boundaries become a valuable asset in our late identified toolkit from self-care. And we talked about our internal and external boundaries in our session four last month in our self-care plan from the inside out. And I told you we were going to be tying them into relationships this month. They tie into our relationships and they strongly tie into autistic burnout, especially when it comes to doing those energy appraisals and seeing where our energy is flowing out, where our energy is flowing in. Boundaries are a huge part of that. So stay tuned because we're going to talk about some of those things as well. So let's get into the seven types of boundaries. Now that we know what boundaries are and why we need them a little bit more, let's talk about the seven types of boundaries. So the first type of boundary, boundary box, is your physical boundary. And the really cool thing about this one is it's probably the easiest to define. It's the easiest one because it's more tangible. And a physical boundary is the space for your physical body and touch. And whoo, that's a big one because, you know, one of the things that so many of us, I don't like somebody I don't know just coming up and touching me. I especially don't like it when someone hugs me who I don't know or I don't feel comfortable with. Um, it, it's just, it, it, it feels, it's kind of like somebody touching my underwear. You know, it's like, I know it's so weird, but it's just like, it's just really personal. And if I don't know you or if I don't feel comfortable with you and you just start hugging me, it, it makes me really uncomfortable. It's, it's just, ooh. Um, then the next one is property. Our stuff, right? <laughs> I don't know about any of you guys, but I am please don't touch my stuff. It really makes, it almost makes me mad. Like it's just this protective, don't touch my stuff response that I have. Um, and I think that's because in the past so many times, things that I, because I treasure and take care of my things. I'm very careful with my belongings. So if someone touches it, borrows it without asking, breaks it or doesn't respect it and honor it or return it to me in the same condition that they borrowed it, I get real upset. It bothers me greatly. So our property boundaries are about our stuff and, you know, we're pretty protective as humans across the board. It's kind of a big deal. Sexual. All right. So this means not just the physical sex, but the emotional components that go with sex and the boundaries that we set for those. Sex is its own language, you know, like music and math. We also have sex that's that universal language all into itself. And those boundaries that we set about our physical and emotional components around sex, they're real critical. Emotional relational boundaries. So this is about how we want to feel and how we value ourselves. So the biggest key in emotional relational boundaries is, <clears throat> I'm just gonna preface this, that this was a tough one for me and this is one that I'm working on constantly. See if this sort of speaks to your heart. Not taking responsibility for other people's emotions. 
Ooh, that's a tough one, especially because I feel all the feels. Like I truly physically experience whatever emotion someone is expressing to me. And I also have alexithymia, so sorting through my own emotions is kind of tough. And then when I'm onboarding and feeling other people's emotions physically, it gets to be kind of overwhelming and exhausting. And I didn't have any boundaries for that for a long time. And that was where a lot of my energy was going out. Maybe that's a place where you guys can recognize a boundary that might be utilizing a lot of your energy and resources as well. So the next one is intellectual boundary. Did I say that right? Intellectual. I feel a little tongue tied today. Sorry. So intellectual boundaries are our thoughts, beliefs, and ideas. It's also about our opportunities to learn and educate. All right, so intellectual boundaries differ from emotional boundaries in that someone can be a nice person but not respect or value your beliefs. So let's talk about spiritual. We have spiritual boundaries. Those are our belief systems about, you know, how we choose to and how we choose to practice them. So it's not just our beliefs, which is sort of the intellectual part, but it's our belief system that's different and how we choose to practice them, right? And that varies. I mean, that can be religious, that can be, you know, on all different levels of the greater sense of self. So it differs from the intellectual because this focuses on our experience of purposeful belonging something greater than ourselves. Now here's one that really made a big difference. This is one that even if someone or a request that comes into my life doesn't tick any of the box, you know, of the six boxes of boundaries and it doesn't cross anything there. And it's like, yeah, okay, sure. And then I get to this last one. This really determines more than anything else what I choose to say yes, no, or maybe to. And this is one that helps. This is the biggest, the one that has been the biggest help in my life because this has allowed me to really better manage my energy, really help with my self-care plan from the inside out. And that boundary is, drum roll please, time. Yes, time. The other six boxes, you know, they might get a check, say, okay, you know, this passes muster on all of these. Time, mm, this is how we spend or allocate this precious resource. Remember, we can't get it back. It is a key factor in managing our energy and managing autistic burnout. So this is a really big critical one. So in all of these seven types of boundaries, physical, property, sexual, emotional, relational, intellectual, spiritual, and time, we're going to be going deeper into these in the Coaching Cafe coming up. In Coaching Cafe, the doors are open. They opened uh, for early access for everyone on the wait list on Sunday afternoon. 
The doors opened officially to the public on Monday. We are over halfway full already, guys, and it's only Wednesday. There's limited seating available. We have a few slots left. If this is something that you are interested in, if you think that Coaching Cafe Relationship Series is going to help you because it does definitely. It is from a neurodistinct perspective. Allie is, audi is autistic. I am autistic ADHD. Allie is ADHD. We are neurodiverse, neurodistinct thinkers. And we are both really, really wanting to share what we have learned about relationships, not just with others, but with ourselves and the components to help create your communication ecosystem and create a structure and a framework for you to be able to manage all of these things that we didn't learn organically that weren't talked about growing up. These are things like boundaries, communication styles, relationship types, and values. There's so much that we're going to go into in the Coaching Cafe. And it starts, first session is this Saturday, October 23rd at 1 p.m. So let's talk a little bit, and let me give you a boundary reflection question. Hey, Jay, I'm glad you're here. I see you popping into the chat. What is a boundary you have for each of these categories? So what is a boundary you have right now for each of these seven categories? Reflect on that question and journal. It'll help you. It will help give you a little clarity because when I took that question for myself and I went into those seven boundaries, I thought, ooh, I really don't have one for any of these. And if that's you, it's okay. That's one of the things we're gonna be helping you uh, structure and set up using the relationship handbook coming up as we create, uh, help you create your communication ecosystem in the Relationship Coaching Cafe. So there are three styles of boundaries and I hinted at this earlier on. So there are three styles. There is rigid, that means it doesn't move. This is a hard, you know, big giant wall boundary. We don't cross this, this is a hard, Boundary, nothing's getting in or out. If it doesn't meet this, that's a hard no, hard yes, right? Then we have permeable boundaries. Permeable boundaries are, I think of it like a cell membrane. You know, there's permeable cell membranes where things just flow in and out pretty easily. And, you know, there's things are getting in, you know, there's not always that barrier. If we're talking about cells, you know, I could get really specific and say, well, you know, there's things that don't, that don't match up, so it's not getting in. But, you know, for the most part, Stuff's flowing in and out. Permeable boundary means there's really not much of a boundary there. So the third style of boundary is flexible. And a flexible boundary is one that we are attempting to cultivate because it is a proactive awareness. A flexible boundary is one where we are conscious, we are proactive, and we are aware. Not all boundaries are meant to be rigid. Now, rigid boundaries are necessary because there are certain aspects that it's going to be a hard yes. It's going to be a hard no. This is the boundary. It doesn't move. There's no latitude in it, right? One of the things that can happen with a very rigid boundary, and especially for those of us who have trauma, who have PTSD or complex PTSD, and that's pretty common in late identified autistic life, those rigid boundaries that we set because, you know, we'll say, okay, you know, I've been a doormat, people have walked all over me, or I have people pleased, and I've had all this trauma, and I'm starting to work through it, and boom, these are my hard boundaries. That's it. 
nobody's nobody's crossing this and you get really entrenched in that what happens is those rigid boundaries can set up a false sense of safety and it doesn't allow the flexibility within a boundary as we're we're growing and changing and and things it doesn't give us that flexibility for adaptability for healing and growth so Boundaries essentially are a tool that provide a framework to help us navigate life. And wherever you are right now is exactly where you're supposed to be. You're not behind. You're not late. And I didn't learn any of this till the last couple of years. And I'm 47. So, you know, if you're younger than me or older than me, you know, you're not late. It's okay. I didn't know any of this stuff either for a long time. And it made some pretty nasty things happen in my life because I didn't have them. But I have them now. And I want to make sure that you have them too. And I hope that this is helping you. Um, So let's talk about consent. Because for the most part, you know, we hear the word consent, we immediately think sex. Because that's been the most popular way the term has been utilized. You know, you have to have consent from both partners, verbal consent and consent throughout the course of sexual engagement, and that's how we've learned to associate consent. However, consent is so much more. And here's the definition. So consent is the informed, voluntary permission given or agreement between two or more people. Consent is simply the informed, that's the key word, informed, voluntary permission given or agreement between two or more people. Consent is how we express and negotiate our boundaries. Consent is a part of all of these seven types and areas of boundaries and is necessary for how we navigate and express our boundaries. So if I have a hairbrush, and somebody wants to borrow my hairbrush. Now, first of all, it's a personal thing and I'd be really freaked out and I'd say no, but let's just use it as an example. So somebody says, because they're acknowledging, hey, can I borrow your hairbrush? They're acknowledging my ownership, my property boundary, that this hairbrush is mine. And they're asking for permission to use my hairbrush. And in that... I can choose whether I say yes or no. And you know, you don't even have to give a reason as to why you say no. But let's just say I say yes, you can borrow my hairbrush. They borrow the hairbrush, they return it to me. They hadn't cleaned their hair out of it. Gross, this is just killing me. And if I'm killing you, I'm so sorry. This was a really bad choice of examples. (laughs) But hey, we're we're just going to roll with it. And I gave them that permission one time. Well, they returned it, had hair in it. So I'm like, Mm-mm, nope, don't ever ask me to borrow my hairbrush again. But I don't maybe express that, but I'm thinking it, right? Well, the next day I go in the bathroom to get my hairbrush and it's all full of somebody else's hair again. So in that instance, someone has used my hairbrush without my consent. I gave my consent yesterday However, when you returned my hairbrush, you didn't respect it. So I had made the decision you weren't going to borrow it ever again as long as I lived. 
and you didn't ask permission again. You just made the assumption that it was okay to borrow it again because I had said yes one time. This goes into boundary encroachments. Boundary encroachments happen when people act without consent. So now you see how consent ties into boundaries and not just sexual, but all elements, even our property and our intellectual boundaries. We will be going into types of boundary encroachments and the specific internal and external boundary encroachments in the Coaching Cafe in session two, which will be happen happening on November, Saturday, November 6th at 1 p.m. Eastern time. So because boundaries are such a huge part of our human existence, neuroscience is researching how boundaries work and are processed in our brains and all the aspects of boundaries and, and what it shows up. And they've been doing functional MRIs, which is super cool because the amygdala plays a big part in boundaries and especially in that fight, flight, or freeze part. So this is pretty important stuff to start knowing. And all of these things in this new field of science is called neuroethics. So just a little fun fact for you guys. You know, I always like to find something cool and fun about neuroscience and new neuroscience news. So boundaries and relationships. We're talking about relationships this month. Everything we're doing in Coaching Cafe is all about relationships. It's about the relationships with ourselves and why boundaries are important. So boundaries help us define and create a framework for our yes, our no, and our maybe. Boundaries help us navigate our world with clarity and conscious awareness. You may have been setting boundaries in your past and in your life to this point, but have they been conscious? Have you been aware of them? Have they been intentional or just a result of somebody borrowed my hairbrush and didn't put it back and didn't respect it and clean it out as a default and you're not conscious that you set that boundary? Boundaries as they relate to our relationships with others, it helps us create a framework for our interactions on our terms to create a healthy and safe way for us to say yes, no, or maybe, and be in integrity with ourselves. It decreases masking and camouflaging. It creates space for connection with others, and boundaries help decrease autistic burnout. You know, when I talk about integrity, that is the alignment of our internal selves with our external world. And when those two are out of alignment, and there's an integrity gap between what you feel and believe and what you expect to experience in life and actually what's happening externally and how you're engaging in the external world. That integrity gap is where we lose our identity, where we lose our sense of self and we get to this point in late identified life where we're like, who am I? I, I have no clue who the hell I am. Boundaries and consent going through this process and this framework that we're going to be giving you for a communication ecosystem in the coaching cafe helps you put together these boundaries and this framework to discover, reclaim, and establish who you are. So for late identified autistics, the biggest key about boundaries is that it helps us navigate with intent our framework to begin creating the life that we want 
with the authority and leadership in our own life. No longer living by default. No longer living under those social norms and social pressures. We get to start choosing. It also helps us build trust with ourselves again. This was a huge one for me. I stood there and recognized and realized that I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust my judgment. I didn't trust my choices. I didn't trust my gut. This really makes a big difference when you start establishing these boundaries in these seven areas and and you set your rigid boundaries and you set your flexible boundaries and even ones where you can be a little permeable because sometimes that works too. It's a necessary part of the style. It also helps us listen to our bodies to trust our gut and be in alignment and in integrity with our internal and external selves. So if this conversation has been helpful to you today, if this has sparked off some things that you haven't thought about yet and really helped you understand why boundaries are so important in the late identified autistic ADHD life, I would love for you to join us in the Coaching Cafe Relationship Series. The doors are open right now and it starts this Saturday, October 23rd at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Book a 15-minute clarity call with me on socialaudi.com. And if you have any questions, and if you just want to know, hey, Carol Jane, would I be a fit for Coaching Cafe? Hop on, book a clarity call with me, and let's just have a chat. This is not a sales call. This is simply for you to ask questions about the Relationship Coaching Cafe and to see if this is going to be a good fit for you. Because I'll tell you, if this isn't a fit for you, if you're maybe not ready for it, or if this isn't gonna meet your needs and serve what you're looking for, I'm just gonna tell you flat out, hey, this isn't for you. Maybe in the future or you know, for another topic, it might be for you. But if it's for you, I'm gonna tell you. And if it's not for you, I'm gonna tell you that too. Because this is important. We want you to be there and be a right fit for you. Because this is, Allie and I are doing this to be of service to you, to meet your needs. And if we're not gonna do that, if we're not gonna fit that, we wanna let you know, because we don't want you to you know, waste your time and your money. Um, you can also enroll today. If, if you automatically, you're like, I don't need a clarity call. I know I need this. Then you can enroll today for one of the limited seats. We're already over half full, like I said, um, and we're only here at Wednesday and, and boom, 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 the seats are filling up pretty quick. Uh, we're over halfway full already. So we've got a few seats left um, and those will be um, available until Friday the 23rd at 6 p.m. Eastern time. So you've got a limited window here to get those last few seats. Um, tomorrow, if, if you're not comfortable booking a clarity call, and that's okay, or if you just don't have time and it's not fitting in your schedule, you look at the calendar and you're like, okay, somebody already got my slot because I've got a bunch booked for today and tomorrow and Friday. Um, but there's still slots available, so don't panic. But if you don't and that doesn't work with your schedule, tomorrow at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, that's 12 noon Pacific Time, Allie and I are going to be going live on Instagram to answer your questions about Coaching Cafe. So uh, if you are think you might have a couple of questions or you're still not totally sure, you don't have time to book a clarity call with me or, you know, it just doesn't work with your schedule, maybe this one does. We'd love for you to jump on Instagram Live with us, shoot us your question, and we're going to be there um, answering your questions for about 20, 30 minutes. Tomorrow on Instagram, uh, Thursday at 
12 Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern time. So I hope that you have learned more about boundaries today, how boundaries play into the late identified life, how it helps with your energy balance as far as your autistic burnout and setting up that self-care plan from the inside out, and also how it plays into your identity of who you are, because that's one of the biggest things that we have and the trust factor you have with yourself. Guys, I hope this has been beneficial. I'm here to serve you. That's why I'm here. I hope that this has blessed you and been a bonus in your day today. Thanks so much for being here. This has been fun to do it live. I've really enjoyed it. And I've, I've had such a great uh, discussion going here with Jay in the chat box. And I'll be jumping over to answer some of those questions you guys have sent over uh, just as soon as we end this. Thanks so much for being here. And I'll see you next week. I've got Danielle Sullivan from the Neurodiverging Podcast. And we're going to be talking all about emotional intelligence in relationships. How do things factor into our neurodiverse families? Because that's one of the big things. I'm a mom, Danielle's a mom, where we're going to be talking about communication styles and emotional intelligence within the family unit. We're going to be discussing that next Wednesday. So be sure you don't miss it because she's got an amazing course out there and we're going to be telling you all about it. See you soon, guys. Bye-bye. If you are someone who likes to help people, and share what has made a difference in your life, please share this talk show with a friend and on your social media accounts so that you can be the blessing in another late-identified autistic's life. Be sure to tag me at Social Audi so I can personally say thank you. And to help keep the talk show ad-free, please consider becoming a one-time or a recurring supporter through either Buy Me a Coffee or the Anchor Podcast links in the show notes below. I truly appreciate your support. Thank you for being a listener and thank you for adding your voice to our story.